Welcome into another episode of the Young Turps Podcast. I'm Ed Yafir and Mason Viner previewing the Terps uh, as they roll into homecoming and take on the Illinois Fighting Illini. Ahmed, let's jump right into it. Another chance for a bunch of firsts in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, coming back or bouncing back from that first loss of the season. Uh, still a chance for Maryland to bounce back, uh, uh, gain bowl eligibility for the uh, earliest uh, point in the season uh, since 01. Uh, moved to 5-0 and at home for the first time since 08. Uh, Served to 3-1 and in the Big Ten for the first time ever. Uh, and in order to do so, they'll need to pick up their third consecutive win uh, and the third all-time matchup uh, against the Illini. So, um, we'll see. Definitely a chance for, for Maryland to get back on track heading into the bye week. So uh, we'll we'll dive right into it. Yeah, and they'll take on a Illinois team, which has had a kind of rough run of things, uh, high expectations in Champaign, possible you know Big Ten West aspirations for Illinois. But the season started off with a 30-28 to 28 win over Toledo, and things just have not gone uh, the way that Brett Bielema and company wanted to see them go. Yeah, I mean, it was really surprising. I remember we were talking to Jake Butt before the season and kind of looking over the schedule, just you know, looking at this Maryland-Illinois matchup right before the bye week. And, you know, obviously just for Illinois coming off of their success from last season, um, there was still a lot of confidence that the Illini would be able to, you know, be that, you know, um, you know that that second maybe third team in the in the Big Ten West uh, just really has not materialized. Uh, obviously suffered a key injury uh, in the running back room there that um, has put a little bit more uh, strain on the passing attack. And uh, you know obviously they have a, a playmaker in Isaiah Williams, but like you said, it just really has not gotten uh, uh, been able to kind of gel together there. Um, so uh, what looked like maybe a 50-50 game, a possible uh, exciting game in College Park in preseason, uh, definitely looks like a game that uh, Maryland does what Maryland needs to do. Uh, they'll be able to uh, to come away with the win. Yeah, and we'll talk about what those Terps need to do. But before we get to that, this podcast is brought to you by Watercrafters. In Gaithersburg, Maryland, Watercrafters has been providing swimming pool services and supplies to the Montgomery and Howard County areas for the past 41 years. Watercrafters' highly skilled service staff can open and close your pool, as well as provide new equipment, repairs, weekly service, and renovations. Uh, based in Gaithersburg, Watercrafters is everything you need for your pool and their showroom in the Gaithersburg Air Park. You can visit them online also at watercrafters.com. Ahmed, let's dive a little bit more into this Illinois team. Let's start off and take a look at what the fighting line I have done on defense this year. Yeah, obviously led by uh, Jerzon Newton. And if that name rings a bell, he was a long, long time Maryland commit uh, before flipping to the Illini on signing day. Uh, that was the, a loss for, for B-Wall at the time. And a lot of people said, hey, you know, we'll be able to find another another random four star uh, or three star from, from Florida. Um, and Newton going into this year um, has a ton of draft buzz anywhere between 10 to 16 and in the first round. Uh, in the 2024 NFL draft and uh, heading into this weekend leads the court, it leads the nation in QB pressures. Um, you know, Illinois doesn't, do, doesn't do a great job of getting to the quarterback kind of similar to Ohio state, what they do, what they did last week. Uh, but they do a great job of uh, just generating that pressure uh, in that front seven. And Newton is definitely the name to know uh, in, in the trenches there. And then uh, Kenny Odu, 
Odeluga, uh, excuse me, uh, his linebacker there. He en- ended up grading as the uh, top graded linebacker uh, by Pro Football Focus last week uh, against Nebraska. Uh, posted five tackles, one tackle for loss, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery. Um, so, but statistically, the Illini have just really struggled, um, just really being able to stop guys, uh, stop the explosive plays. Um, the, the defense has really taken a step back this year uh, with uh, former Maryland assistant Andy Boo uh, still on the Illini staff. Yeah, and, and when you look at what Illinois has been able to do on defense or what they really haven't been able to do on defense, I think this might be Maryland's most favorable favorable matchup uh, going all the way back to Towson. If you watch their game, which was a real ugly Friday night battle last week against Nebraska, I mean, the score 20 to 7 is deceiving. Nebraska blew red zone opportunity after red zone opportunity in that game. I believe they had seven red zone opportunities, six or seven red zone opportunities, and they walk away from the game with 20 points. You mentioned the explosive plays. They've struggled in that department. And really, I mean, teams have been able to put up some numbers against them. Terps will be able to do what they want to in this game. I think it's it's the best matchup for them of the season. Every team's been able to run up numbers. Uh, on this Illinois team. If you went back and you watched the Nebraska game, final score, that one, 20-7, to seven, real ugly game, kind of for both teams. Uh, Nebraska, though, constantly getting into the red zone. I believe seven times uh, they were in the red zone. They only walk away from that game with 20 points, a couple of red zone turnovers for them, Ahmed. But if you look at what Loxley wants to scheme up, if you look at what they've been doing, that over is looking real nice this weekend. Yeah, definitely is, definitely is. And you you mentioned, obviously, just having that favorable matchup. And to me, it was really the the favorable matchup since Indiana. I thought Indiana's defense just really, you know, um, um, they they, they really struggled in a lot of the same areas that the Illini have struggled with this year. Um, And I don't think that it's, you know, uh, it's a crazy comparison to say, hey, you know, Maryland kind of needs that game like they did against Indiana uh, against Illinois this weekend. Um, and I think that kind of performance, uh, especially kind of being able to do that because taking care of this line on defense means your offense has been able to find those big plays. Uh, the timing on the big plays on those deep rights, deep routes, um, has been on point. Um, Possibly a chance to get the running game going a little bit. Obviously, you know, uh, Illinois sits dead last in the in the conference in run yards uh, allowed per game, along with total defense and scoring defense. Um, obviously, you know, Roman Hemby, he's a guy that's been a little bit nicked up, but, you know, the, the chunk plays haven't really been there. Maryland was kind of able to do a little bit of that last week where you're able to lean on the ground game to pick up those first yards and uh, first downs, excuse me, and that's why. Uh, I believe Maryland finished six of seven uh, in third downs uh, with four yards or less to go. Um, but again, I, I just kind of think that, you know, when you look at this Illini team, um, you know, Jerzon Newton, again, you know, that's going to be another test for this offensive line. He's been a little bit banged up this week. Um, there's no doubt about that. So um, definitely think there, there are, you know, some some things that we can still kind of see. But like you said, um, you know, you talk about the Terps on Terps. Um, if, if Maryland does what Maryland does, uh, then, then they, they should be able to. Uh, comfortably win this one yeah and things don't get much better for Illinois on the offensive side of the ball quarterback Luke Altmyers really struggled this year six touchdowns eight interceptions and just you you mentioned the running back injuries in the open it has been a ugly year uh, for Brett Bielema's offense yeah, and we'll see if Reggie Love's able to give it a go this weekend. If not, Caden uh, Began, uh, he's going to be that primary running back for the Illini. But you mentioned Luke Altmaier. You know, um, coincidentally, he sits third in the Big Ten in total offense. But he just has really 
in multiple games this year um, has been able unable to kind of find a groove and, and kind of get comfortable in the pocket. Obviously, we mentioned Isaiah Williams, and when you talk about the Illini offense, it starts with uh, with Isaiah Williams, former quarterback, uh, five foot ten uh, wide receiver now, who uh, is second second in the Big Ten uh, in yards per game. He leads the Big Ten uh, in receiving yards, catches, and uh, first down the game. So. Um, definitely the engine that that, that kind of makes this uh, this line attack go. Um, I think this, if Maryland's kind of able to find a way to shut them down, um, then you're really able to just um, really limit what what Illinois can do overall. Um, and I think Isaiah Williams, especially coming off of um, you know Marvin Harrison uh, and Ibuka, um, and I still think you know Marvin Harrison obviously finishing with. 163 yards, eight catches there. Um, you know, two of those catches, uh, but they could finish for 78 yards right there. Um, so, but I do think that this, this this Maryland secondary, even though they didn't do horrendous against that Ohio State tandem, um, it'll be a chance for them to, to kind of bounce back, get their leg back, and obviously Jaquan Shepard get a chance to uh, kind of find his footing. We'll see if Tarheep still is able, able to give it a go this weekend. Um, but again, um, shutting down Isaiah Williams uh, is definitely the primary name to know. And if Maryland can do that, uh, then you're really able to to, to limit um, what Illinois can do, both through the air and on the ground. Yeah, and this game, simple as it comes for me, you're playing against a bad quarterback and really a bad offensive line. And following the season story for Illinois, just because I really thought this was going to be the best team in the Big Ten West this season, you know, it started off against Toledo, confident in the quarterback, leads a game-winning drive, you know, wasn't the best game, but they, they walk away with a win. Then, you know, they head to Kansas, and and really they put up nothing. They had nothing going in that game. It was a blowout. And as it's progressed, it's been more and more of like, when's this offense going to find its groove? Are they really that bad a football team? Watching them on Friday last week, I kind of came to the conclusion that this team just is not very good right now. I, this is a game where I put Caleb Wheatland and Kellen Wyatt on the edges, rotate a lot of Donnell Brown coming in. It's a chance to get creative. We've been talking about getting creative with the blitz and bringing you know, nickel back pressure this year, um, off the edge. I think you can start to mix that stuff in, really start to find – you mentioned finding your footing, you know, getting back kind of into neutral and then getting back into winning mode. This is a chance for this defense who played, I think, a really solid game for at least – three quarters and the offense really let them down last Saturday. I think this is an opportunity just to really have a strong defensive showing that inspires confidence in the fan base, inspires confidence in the locker room and really gets them rolling uh, coming up into a road trip next week. And then, and then the big boys coming in to college park. Yeah, obviously, like you mentioned, um, uh, you know, uh, the, the offensive line, you know, Illinois leads a big 10 in sacks allowed 23, I believe. Um, so when you talk about Luke Altmaier not really being able to find his groove, just looking uncomfortable in the pocket, you know, the, the pressure, uh, that's a big reason why. Um, so I think that this is this is kind of up for Maryland's defensive line. I think the defensive line has done well. I think Jordan Phillips, obviously, just being a nose tackle, you're not going to generate the the glamorous stats. You're you're really you, you've got a role to do, um, and and you kind of do the dirty work there. But I just kind of think that Maryland's defensive line, and like you said, just with with Kellen White, uh, Danelle Brown being able to generate that pressure, I'll be interested to see Mike Harris if you know um, if Maryland's kind of able to do it. You know how. how do we see Mike Harris at all? Because um, I think he's a guy that he's, you know, again, with that speed, he's definitely able to do some things, get creative in that front seven as well. Uh, but I, I think with Maryland's defensive line kind of being able to take that next step, maybe that's the the one thing that we still need to see from this Maryland defense. I still think that this defense has um, has has taken major strides even from uh, an impressive season last year. But uh, like you said, just 
And overall, they just met Maryland matches up really well against this Illini team really favorably. Um, and um, yeah, I think just being able to, to get that momentum back going into the bye week is definitely huge. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, Ahmed, you mentioned it, uh, injuries along the offensive line uh, and elsewhere on the field. What do you expect to see from the Terps injury report this week? Yeah, uh, looked like a little bit longer this week. Obviously, Corey Bullock, uh, he was not in practice this week. Um, so a little bit of a switch up there. Got Edzi moving over to guard. And uh, DJ Glaze also moving over to guard as well, uh, with Connor Fagan stepping in. Um, and Eric Harris was was taking to, uh, reps at the first te- with the first team at center. No um, getting Braithley this week, so that'll be uh, kind of interesting to see what his status is for this weekend. Um, Tarheeb still also was a little bit limited or not at practice um, uh, during the portion on Tuesday, um, but limited in terms of what he's going to be able to do. So again, like we mentioned uh, when talking about this Illini offense, it'll be interesting to see if he's able to go. Or if not, if he's able to get that extra rest and then you have him uh, uh, sidelined for three weeks, like you said, going into uh, these matchups against the big boys. So um, that'll be a big one. And then Dante Trader, uh, he's another guy who's sidelined. But I think with, with Glenn Miller there, um, obviously, I think doesn't have the same type of range that I think Trader has. But I think uh, I, I expect to see a big hit or two between a, a safety tandem of uh, Glenn Miller and Bill Braid there. Yeah, certainly, you know, if there's – Dante Trader's a great player, but Glenn Miller's also shown what he can do for the Terps. The, it'll be interesting to see if we see a little bit more of maybe Avante Williams or Gavin Gibson kind of rotating through that role uh, that Glenn Miller fits for the defense uh, on that side of the ball. Uh, quick recruiting note before we get to the betting lines, Ahmed Terps pick up another commit on the offensive line this week. Yeah, Trevor Szymanski. Uh, I think this was someone that – uh felt like this was going to happen months ago. I remember talking to him a couple weeks ago, um, just catching up. And I'm like, all right, so like, what's going on with Maryland? And he's like, I should have taken my official visit in June. Um, so you could always tell that Maryland was the school he wanted to be. Obviously, Trevor being the younger brother of freshman tight end, AJ Szymanski. Uh, the two of them obviously being able to team up at the next level. I think that's um, a huge, huge reason. I think even from the get-go, ever since AJ committed, um, it was kind of – clear that Maryland was kind of where he wanted to be and Pitt, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, those were uh, among the schools that were, were also involved there, 6'4", 270-pound linemen. Uh, he plays left tackle for Loyola Blakefield and uh, really sturdy, uh, has really good uh, lower uh, lower body strength. Um, but I think he's a guy that he kind of projects probably as a guard, and I think that that's very common in Maryland's class. A lot of these guys do play tackle, but a lot of these guys are probably have that positional versatility where some can maybe play guard center, guard tackle, but I think the vast majority of them uh, will end up being uh, interior linemen. But nonetheless, I think Trevor, he's a really good pickup. Uh, I think this is a guy, he's, like you said, uh, building up the trenches. It's the ninth offensive lineman. And I feel like for the last couple of years now, whenever we get a commit, I always get one or two people that reach out and they'll comment and they'll say, where's the beef? So uh, I, I hope I hope this cycle has definitely uh, uh, satisfied uh, those, those questions right there. But uh, when you look at just the local hall and uh, specifically uh, Trevor Szymanski joins uh, Ryan Howerton, Therese Davis, uh, Devon Watkins, uh, all four guys I think uh, can be impact guys. Um, I, I think it takes a little bit longer with with Lyman, you know, even a, a Jordan Seaton Seton type. who's a five star talent down from IMG. I think he's a guy where you're, you know, potentially depending on the program, he could step into a starting position or too deep as a true freshman. So, but I think that when you kind of look at this last off season, just 
one, having to rebuild the numbers, um, and two, um, having to rebuild starting positions. Um, it takes a couple of years to rebuild the trenches, uh, but I think that the one that this local, that the, the, the offensive line haul of this cycle um, has really helped uh, address the long-term position or uh, future of the position uh, and two, the, the local impact that this guy, that these class had uh, on this class. Um, really, really high. I think a lot of these guys, Torres Davis, he's got a lot of outside interest as well. So uh, been, been really, really happy to see uh, the progress uh, on the offensive side so far. Yeah, I think Locks just you know needs to take that same view, and, and this class on the offensive line shows it needs to lay a foundation. Obviously, you're going to have to pick pieces out of the portal and and find the spare parts where you can, and hope that some of your guys like Kyle Long that really seem to be paying off those investments that they made, you know, right when they started uh, taking the helm of this program. But it's time to re- kind of relay the foundation, bring in nine guys. You know, not all of them are probably going to stay here, not all of them are going to stick, but a class is needed to rebuild the numbers in that case, especially with what they're going to lose after this cycle. Or after this season. All right. Betting lines. Everyone's favorite part of the show. I know it's mine. Uh, Terps 14 point favorite over under number. I think Ahmed and I both hinted that we're going to take the over already, but 51, uh, that number for the game. Uh, I'll start it off. I like the Terps. Uh, I, I like them lay the points. I would even look at some of the alternate spreads, dig a little bit deeper into this one because I really do like Maryland's matchup this week. Uh, and as I said, I like the over. I would not be surprised if Maryland gets close to that over number by themselves and puts up something like 42 uh, or 45 points. And and the Terps, it didn't look like a good homecoming schedule at the beginning of the year, but sure, certainly looks like a, a their best homecoming Big Ten opponent that they're going to have coming to CQ this year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree with that. I think – like you said, um, I think the the injuries, you know, obviously they're they're piling up, and the bye week comes at a, a perfect time. I feel like for Maryland this year, just the the way that they obviously going five and one chance to move to six and one going into a bye, um, and a chance for some of these guys to uh, rest up for two three weeks, like you mentioned with Tarheep still. But um, I, I do think that Maryland uh, offensively, defensively, and they've been able to show a lot of that efficiency on special teams as well. Uh, but the return game and uh, uh, the, the 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 kick game. Um, uh, I think that, you know, Maryland's matches up really well. Uh, I think Maryland will definitely cover the 14. Uh, I, I kind of like a 20 and a half point spread. Uh, I think Maryland's going to be able to kind of cover that. I think Maryland will be able to do that. Um, maybe we see some new guys, new faces, kind of make some plays this weekend, but kind of view this as as an Indiana matchup where uh, I view Maryland as the better team, uh, undoubtedly, on both sides of the ball on paper. Um, and as long as they go out, they execute, they do what they need to do. Um, they, they should be able to uh, hopefully enjoy com- homecoming a little bit early. Yeah, it is one of those games you got to go out. You have to execute on your game plan. You still have to take care of business. You know, this team has s- some good players that you're playing, if not one of the best defensive linemen in the country. So come in prepared, you know, show up on Saturday ready to play. And, and like you said, celebrate it early because certainly would love to see some of those younger guys like a Mike Harris, like maybe even like a Ryan Manning start to just get a little bit of time. Some of those guys we haven't seen. Uh, too much of yet this season really get to play uh, in front of a home crowd. Get strong going into the bye week. Maryland definitely needs it to heal up. Ahmed, anything else to add? No, uh, like we said, I think, you know, obviously I think Maryland gets a chance to uh, move to six and one, generate a lot of positive momentum. Uh, obviously on Wednesday, uh, Mike Loxley got named the midseason, uh, I guess, top coach in the Big Ten, uh, which is, uh, I think, a validation of what Maryland's kind of been able to do. And I think it's also validation uh, when you look at 
the timing of it, you know, year five of the program at this point. Um, this is his guys, you know, Fanage Gote and Deshaun Jones technically weren't recruited to Maryland, but at this point, um, you know, they're 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 Loxley guys. They were recruited back for a sixth year. Um, this is Loxley's program, this is Loxley's culture. Um, so I think that's uh, a testament to, to kind of what he's been able to build. And obviously the Ohio State game, I think that's kind of that last checkbox that everyone wants and get two more chances against Penn State, Michigan, but those are going to be tough. But uh, first, got to take care of business this weekend and uh, like the chances to do so. Yeah, and we will be with you guys after the game on our Instant Reactions pod. Uh, up until then, make sure to subscribe to InsideTheBlackAndGold.net for all the best Terps coverage out there. Follow us on Twitter and make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get it. For Ahmed Gafir, I'm Mason Viner. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening.